Welcome to Juice Guru Radio. Discover what the magic and power of juicing can do for you. And now, your host, best-selling author of The Complete Idiot's Guide to Juice Fasting, Steve Prusak. Hello and welcome. Welcome back to another edition of Juice Guru Radio. I'm your host, Steve. We've got a great show ahead. We've got two guests. First, we're going to have Karen Ranty dropping by the studio for a very special announcement related to juicing and autism. You're going to want to hear all about that new study. And our guest, Sergey Botanko, he'll be right after Karen, so stay tuned for that. We're going to dive deep into wild edibles with Sergey on this edition of Juice Guru Radio. We'll be back right after this. Hi, this is Jay Cordish, the father of juicing. Juicing helped me get rid of cancer in my early 20s, and here I am in my 90s feeling fantastic. I want to invite you to join me in our School of Juicing. This online program features award-winning videos, audiobooks, and CDs to inspire and educate you on how juicing can change your life, too. Check out our site at schoolofjuicing.com. Start living healthy and increase your energy today. Visit schoolofjuicing.com to find out more. That's schoolofjuicing.com. Hello and welcome back. Welcome back to Juice Guru Radio. I'm your host, Steve. And like I said, we've got a special guest here stopping by the studio. It's Karen Ranzi. She's a lecturer and raw food consultant, authored Creating Healthy Children Through Attachment Parenting and Raw Foods, and Raw Vegan Recipes, Fun for Families, 115 Easy Recipes and Health Tips for Energetic Living in 2014. Uh, let's welcome to Juice Guru Radio right now, Karen Ranzi. Hello, Steve. Wonderful to be here with you. Well, Karen, this is really exciting because you and I have had this uh, project in mind for the past 10 years. Now me with my um, Complete Idiot's Guide to Juice Fasting, and I'm working on my my newest juicing book, and you, the author of Creating Healthy Children and Raw Vegan Recipes, Fun for Families, and more books coming in the future. But not only that, our background is therapist, because I worked as an occupational therapist for 10 years with children with autism, and your background? I am a speech and language pathologist working with uh, children of all ages for 35 years, and I've been specializing with autistic children for the last 15 years. Well, what better uh, people in the in the health movement to put a, a study like this together? And um, I, I think we're ready to make the announcement. I definitely think that we are ready. So thank you, Karen, for coming by here. You want to let everyone know what we're up to? I am very excited about it, and it is something that we both felt was really crucial. And to do a study where we would um, bring green juicing into the lives of children and adults with autism and to see if there would be an impact. Um, And what we want to do is to look at a wide age age range um, of participants, children and adults from age three onward. Uh, and as part of the study, the child's caregiver or the adult with autism will get a pre and post questionnaire. And we want to do the study for a total of 21 days to see if just adding one green juice a day on an empty stomach will have an effect. And we would like to have as many participants as possible. And so that's why we are announcing it. And uh, I'm announcing it all over my area on the East Coast. So that's really the plan is to get people 
um, contacting us as soon as possible. Um, it could be the parents contacting us to let us know that they would like to join us. And after we hear from you, we will be sending out the protocol, which will provide a lot more information and details on how to juice, um, all kinds of transitional recipes that you can use, and juicing recipes. There's no fee to those who participate. This is free of charge, and we would just like to have you with us to find out more and to be included in the study. So if you know somebody or a family that have a child with autism, if you know an adult with autism, if you yourself might have autism, or someone in your family, this is a great opportunity uh, to be involved in a study that we feel is going to be groundbreaking and, and uh, elicit real change, real, real positive change in these children with autism that are that are on all kinds of drugs and eating unhealthy diets. So if you know someone you're interested, send an email with the subject autism study to support at juiceguru.com. So again, the email is support at juiceguru.com and the subject put autism study and just let us know you're interested and we'll put you on the email list and uh, we'll notify you this summer with the protocol and launch date of the study. We're just, and we're really relying on you to help us spread the word about this. So this is kind of a organic homegrown movement and uh, I'm really excited about it though, Karen, because as you know, there was that book that came out several years ago of enzymes for autism and you want to talk a little about the positive effects they saw there? I mean, this was truly impressive. Um, the author of the book um, tried different diets with her kids. Um, I don't know that she really went to a, a full raw diet or did much in the way of juicing. I don't think so. But she did um, introduce enzymes. And just by introducing enzymes, there was significant change in her children's ability to learn and focus and reduce um, stereotypical behaviors. And so I really believe that just by instituting a green juice every day, and uh, we're planning on encouraging 16 ounces or more of green juice, that we might see some changes as well. And we would like to look at that and record what happens. And then with these changes, our hope is to spread the word and really make this uh, something that's an important part of, of treatment with autism, that parents start to really consider using juicing with autism. Uh, we'll, we, we plan to publish a book based on the results. So the study is Juicing for Autism. Uh, admission is free. We're looking for anyone on the autism spectrum, uh, no matter what level, uh, all ages, from three to adult. Is, is what Karen and I had worked out for that. And you'll get the protocol. So send an email to support at juicegururadio.com. Please spread the word on social media. Help us uh, get the word out about this. The email support at juicegururadio.com. And uh, we'll have more on this down the road, more announcements once our website is up, the juicingforautism.com, which is not up yet. But once that's up, that's we'll, we'll, we'll be directing people there in the future, Karen. Yes. That would be the best place for people to go to learn about the study and also to uh, see the results. 
I mean, you've seen results just in, I know you've worked with some parents with children with autism and, and working on changing their diets, eating more raw food, and you've seen uh, changes with that, right? I have seen some tremendous effects of changing the diet and the lifestyle. Um, and I worked with one mother and her young son just a year ago, and uh, the boy made significant changes where even the teachers at his school were asking the mother what she was doing, what the changes were in the diet because he was making so much progress in his ability to focus and learn at school. And uh, this was a child who also wasn't making good eye contact. And the mother even felt that the increase of raw food in the diet was making the changes because she hadn't done anything differently other than adding raw food. Um, So I believe that the results of juicing, um, which goes directly into the bloodstream and into the cells, can do a lot and will bring us a lot of information and we'll see what can happen with children of all ages. I believe that even adults could make significant change. I mean, I'm very optimistic after what I have seen. Absolutely. And you know, you and I talked about this almost 10 years ago. So I'm, I'm just really excited. We're, right. like, like Karen mentioned, my background is an occupational therapist. I worked with children with autism for 10 years before branching out and, and creating a business around juicing. And it's always been my intention to get back to, to helping children with autism or adults with autism, because we know Karen and I both know that there's going to be uh, big changes. Right. And with me, um, I wrote the book, Creating Healthy Children. Uh, and so I'm very interested in helping children and especially children with autism since I have been a speech and language therapist for 35 years and work with autistic children. Um, and, you know, where I work, uh, I am really the only one who is bringing in the fruits and the vegetables for the kids. Um, And I do believe that they love this food after they um, have a model of it and they're encouraged to try it. Um, It shouldn't be foreign to them. These kids do not need uh, these other foods that they're eating that are harmful to them. A green juice can be something that they will love. And um, we can even put in a little fruit to sweeten it for them. And I believe that they will really enjoy the green juice. Karen's website, superhealthychildren.com. She'll be back for a full-fledged interview in the very near future. Karen, thanks for for just stopping by with this announcement. We're looking forward to having you back this summer. Thank you, Steve. Thanks for all the work you're doing with juicing. I think the combination of the juicing and our interest in working with people of all ages to see what the results of a study like this will bring is going to be very interesting for sure. Thank you, Karen Ranzi. Uh, this is Steve Prusak, Juice Guru Radio. We'll be back with Sergey Botenko right after this. Juice Guru Radio. And welcome back to Juice Guru Radio. We're really excited about our next guest. It's Sergey Botenko. He's an author, filmmaker, entrepreneur, adventurer, and lover of life. 
After reversing his own health ailments through diet and exercise, he's become committed to sharing his insights on health and fitness. So just get ready to learn here. We've got so much to share. His lectures, books, films, and apps reflect his passion for learning and being as healthy as uh, happy as possible. Let's welcome to Juice Girl Radio right now, Sergey Botanko. Whoop, whoop. It's so good to be here, Steve. Thanks well, for having me. Welcome Steve, back, Sergey. It's, it's been a long time, man. It's great to have you here on the show. It has been a long time, and it's, uh, it's awesome to be on the show. So let's talk about what you're up to. Uh, you've been releasing lots of information on wild edibles. We thought this related to Juice Crew Radio because what better than to put some of these wild edibles into our juices and smoothies? Yeah, you know, I, uh, the more I research wild edibles, the more excited about them I become. Not only are they free and accessible to absolutely everybody, no matter their income, but they're around, they're healthier to eat, and I'm excited to share everything that I know about them with you today and everybody listening. Well, let's take us back. How did you first get into learning about them, and, and where do we start? Uh, we start in 1999. Together with my family, my mother, father, sister, and cousin, we found ourselves one April morning on the border of Mexico about to hike the Pacific Crest Trail. For those that don't know what that is, it's a trail that spans the entire United States from the Mexican border to the Canadian border. And it roughly takes about six months. We'd never done anything like this before. In fact, we've ne- prior to that point, we'd never even hiked more than three days before, like consecutively. So when hiking a trail of that length, you have to pre-package food and, and have resupply points along the way. And we miscalculated how much five hungry hikers could eat. And what ended up happening was we would start running out of food. We would come into town, pick up our food package that we pre-packed. We would eat the food in three days instead of seven, like we planned. And then we would still have four more days to hike until the next resupply point. If anybody out there has fasted, they know that fasting is not a whole lot of fun. It's good for you, but it's not a whole lot of fun. And it's even less fun to fast when you're exerting yourself vigorously hiking up mountains. So after a few weeks of that, we decided we had either two options, to improvise and find a way to make it work or to quit the trail and just find something else to do. And we went with improvise, and that's what led us to start foraging for food. We picked up a little book at first um, and just kind of dabbled in a few basic plants. Then, as luck would have it, we met several other plants, or several other people who were foraging on the trail, just kind of, you know, enthusiasts. And I suppose the rest is history. From there on out, we started foraging for up to 70% of our food. We never, want, never after that point ever were hungry again. And we learned that wild food is not only very edible, but it's also extremely nutritious and can be extremely delicious. And all of that creates a wonderful package. Well, we have listeners all over the world. So where can wild edibles be found? In, and do you speak to... Major cities, L.A., New York, are we able to find edibles here? Absolutely. You know, wild edibles, plants, you know, ed- this includes edible weeds. Uh, when I say wild edibles, a lot of times people think exclusively plants that grow wild in the forest. 
but it, it absolutely applies to people who live in cities. In fact, one of my favorite activities and kind of uh, retreats that I like to do is take people to an organic farm. Many of these farms are located in Portland, Oregon, or in Los Angeles. And there we find that 50% of the food growing on the farm is unintentional in the form of edible weeds and other wild plants. And the nice thing about organic farms is that you're guaranteed no spray. And, you know, we'll talk about this more in depth. But um, so you're, you're guaranteed that the weeds aren't sprayed with chemicals that are toxic to your health. And the farmers love you because you're weeding for them for free. You're getting free greens. And the whole thing is building community because people are interacting with other people. So how did you figure this? So basically you're saying you forge this relationship with the local farmers and, and, and volunteer to pick their weeds? Absolutely. And this happens over the, the span of minutes. Like when I come to a new town, for example, uh, like say if I were to come to San Diego and I needed to find a, um, a place where I could lead a foraging walk. Because I don't live in San Diego, I might not have enough time to research all the public parks, the public spaces. So what I've learned to do is I would look up organic farms in the San Diego area, and then I'd call several of them, and I'd explain to them who I was, and I'd say, hey, I'd like to bring a group of 10 people to your farm, and if you wouldn't mind, we'd love to uh, just look at some of the edible weeds growing on your farm. And nine times out of 10, the farmers love it. They come out and join us for the walk and figure out that, uh, for example, they have more greens that people are interested in other than, you know, kale, spinach, chard. They have things like lamb's quarters and purslane and dandelion greens. And most of the time, you know, I would say 99.9% .9 of the time, it's a huge success and it's a win-win for everybody involved. Let's talk about some of the benefits. What are the benefits of starting to eat wild greens? Some of the benefits of eating wild greens include saving a huge amount of money on produce. As we, you know, as, society, as the modern world continues to evolve with inflation and increased food prices and water shortages, food costs are continually going up and up and up. When I eat wild edibles, meaning April through November, I incorporate a lot of weeds into my diet, I offset as much as 60% of my food costs. So that's a huge benefit. You know, Eating healthy to some is unaccessible because it costs lots of money to buy organic food. On the other hand, eating weeds and wild edibles is free, and it's even better than organic. In fact, that's another benefit of wild edibles. Wild edibles often grow in soil that hasn't been depleted, so they're able to draw in more vitamins and minerals. They generally have longer root systems than domesticated plants. So again, they're able to draw out more minerals from the soil because they're able to penetrate deeper. And then kind of in that same key, wild edibles often have not been hybridized by humans, meaning they exist in nature the way that nature intended. And so when you're eating a dandelion, which is essentially romaine lettuce before it was cultivated, you're eating like pure genetic perfection. Uh, apart from that, they get you outside. That's another benefit. You start looking at plants. You start bonding with your environment. You start connecting with friends. 
And, uh, you know, the list goes on and on. Those are just some of the huge benefits, but there's, um, there's dozens of benefits to wild edibles. But the ones that I just talked to you about are the main ones, in my opinion. What about the fear of the taste? Because are some of these grains bitter? You know, there is kind of this fear that weeds taste in, in the not good, that it's not something that we're going to enjoy. But weeds are as varied as gourmet food. Some food that we eat, like maybe if you're you know, into French cuisine and you eat escargot, you might... I've never had it myself personally, but I, you know, I don't know how snails taste. I'm a little fearful of that. But then there's other gourmet foods that are very delicious. And the same thing goes for the plant world. There are some greens that are bitter and some greens that are not bitter, some greens that are very tasty. Um, the other thing that I've learned is that when I blend these things or juice these things, like, for example, dandelions are pretty bitter in taste. But the bitterness is actually very important because it aids digestion, it stimulates uh, bile function, it repairs our inner organs. So regularly or semi-regularly, it's important that we get bitter taste in our food. So how I combat that is I blend dandelion greens with fruits in a fruit smoothie, and then the bitterness completely gets hidden by the sweetness of the fruits. And so in food prep, you can do things to plants that may not taste so good by themselves to make them taste exquisite. And the other thing I tell people is that, you know, it's not that if you're harvesting weeds for food, you don't only have to use those things to make your food. Like, for example, this last weekend over Memorial Day weekend, I had a group of eight people come for a little mini retreat I was hosting. And everybody knew that we were going to be harvesting wild edibles and making meals. And the question at the beginning of the retreat is, is this viable? Like, could you actually maintain a busy life schedule, and at the same time harvest plants that grow wild and incorporate them into your food? And I kind of skirted the question on purpose because I wanted them to see that we would actually do it. We would go out and we'd harvest wild edibles, we'd bring them back, we'd incorporate them into a meal, and we'd do it over and over and over again. And so by the end of the weekend, everybody saw that, yeah, you can make a salad out of pure weeds, or you could also take some of those weeds and add it into a salad that's kind of mixed wild things and, and cultivated things. If you have a super busy schedule, you can just throw a handful of greens into your sandwich or your wrap or whatever. You know, it, it, it can be as simple or as complex as you make it. Is there a way to wash? Because I'm thinking, I mean, here I am in L.A. and I'm just wondering, aside from relationships with the farmers, if I'm out in nature and I try to pick some greens there's still that risk of pesticides or maybe some, some other environmental waste. Is there anything you recommend as far as cleaning them off before we use them to eat? Absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, wild edibles are just like produce. Uh, when you buy things at the store, you generally come home. 